What's up, friends? Welcome back to the show. Today, we're talking about how to fall in love with exercise. And I'm actually recording this for you guys right after my run. I just got back. I had the most amazing run. It's pretty cold weather here in New Mexico right now. So when you run outside in the morning, you can see your breath. There's frost on all of the trees and the bushes. And it's just a time of year that I really love to run. I know, call me crazy, but I love being bundled up. This morning in particular, I took a new path and I saw about 10 of those balancing rock stacks. Oh my gosh, I'm having a total brain fart. I cannot remember what they're called. You guys know what I'm talking about? Those rock stacks that are like markers and they're balanced and they're on all sorts of like Zen pictures. <laughs> Anyways, I saw these throughout the run and it was really just a great time. I had some prayer time. I listened to a podcast and now I'm here recording for you guys and super, super excited to be here. Now, when I was originally going to talk about exercise, I was going to hit on all the science, like what's the best method? What's the best like cardio versus weightlifting? Should we do combos? Is morning exercise better than evening exercises? And all of these are really good questions, but it was after a listener messaged me and asked about how to even just find motivation to get back into exercise and rediscover that joy that I decided to actually shift from just the science of exercise. And and we will get into the science because you guys know I can't help myself, <laughs> but we're going to go a little bit beyond that. We're going to actually dive into how we can rediscover our love for exercise and movement because what good are facts if we don't have the motivation So for today, yes, like I said, we'll be touching on some of that science around exercise, but the bulk of today is a power plan to help you fall in love with exercise, maybe for the first time, or maybe you need to fall in love with it again. Maybe you fell out of a good relationship with it and you've kind of gotten to this place of monotony when it comes to exercise, and it's time for you to rediscover that joy in movement. You guys, if you've been tuning in this month, you know I have been dedicating all of January to building you up for this power plan to kickstart your year. So In the first week we talked about the missing piece in your health journey. I got so much feedback on that one. You guys, thank you for that feedback. I'm so glad you're enjoying it. But if you didn't tune in, I'm like, pause this one right now and go listen to that one. It's going to set the stage and set the tone for what we're talking about this year. The second week, we talked about three nutrition non-negotiables, and these are some of the basic nutrition elements that we all can integrate into our diet, into our relationship with food, and something that you want to do before you do anything crazy, like before keto, before noom, before any diet, even I recommend, do these three things. Last week, we dove into positive body image, which is such an amazing topic. I had Dr. Erica Castleberry back on the show. She's an incredible friend and psychologist here in Albuquerque, New Mexico. We were diving into this whole topic of positive body image and how to get there even when you don't particularly love everything about your body. So today we are continuing that power plan conversation and really laying this foundation for you guys to have the healthiest year you've ever had. And all of this is intended to give you that platform. And when I say the word healthy, I'm not just talking about healthy in the physical sense. I'm referring to your health as a whole person. So not just your diet, not just your exercise. I'm talking about healthy boundaries, healthy burritos, healthy booties, all of it. So if you guys are wanting to unpack this even more and beyond this podcast, if you're like, okay, this has been a really good start, but I know there are some next steps. There are two ways that I can support you. So number one is my food foundations e-course. This is really focused primarily on food and your relationship with food. It's going to talk about reconnecting to your hunger, your satiety cues, detoxing from diet culture, 
everyone who signs up gets a customized fuel plan. It's really that big picture like reset button when it comes to food. And if you're looking for something a little bit more customized and maybe you want to dive more into the body image stuff, guys, be sure you check out my ebook, Beat Body Bullying, or I always have one-on-one coaching. I've got a couple slots left for the next few months. So check out my website, jessbrownrd.com for more information. Oh, oh, and before I forget, of course, <laughs> if you want to check out that Food Foundations e-course, enter Fuel My Awesome for $50 off. That's my thank you for listening. That's my healthy, happy wishes for you in this year of 2022. Okay, so who is ready to fall in love with exercise all over again or for the first time? Let's dive in and we're going to get this relationship sorted out so that we can walk into whatever activity we're doing empowered and we're going to take exercise from something on our to-do list to something we love to do. You guys ready? What's up, food friends? Welcome back to the show. I am your host, Jazz, and if you're new here, I'm so happy you are here. I am a body bully warrior, food freedom guru, nutrition nerd with a capital RD. Get it? For registered dietitian. I am here to help you become an empowered eater. I'm dishing out nutrition fun with a side of science as we learn how to let go of guilt and that all or nothing mentality. I am in your corner cheering you on because I know you have this inner awesome and we just need to fuel it right. We need to fuel it with the right food, the right mental thoughts, the right relationships. I'm here to fuel your awesome with the nutrition info that supports you, empowers you, mental strength training, and confidence that radiates regardless of your body shape. You know you hold an inner awesome and I know you know this because you're here. You downloaded this podcast, you're listening, you're tuning in. So if you're ready to be the healthiest version of yourself, here we go. Food freedom means food is just food, and you can channel that energy you used to use to obsess about food in your body. Now we take that energy and we can channel it towards serving your purpose, your family, your work, your inner awesome. It's so crazy how there's this ripple effect when we allow ourselves to be the healthiest version of ourselves. Our family feels it, our work feels it girls the world needs it i'm stoked to be in your corner be sure to connect with me on instagram at JessBrownRD or check out all my resources JessBrownRD.com. all right superwoman are you ready to channel that inner awesome we're gonna take it up to the next level let's dive in to today's show today's episode is brought to you by studio 410 are you a boss babe with absolutely no design skills girl me too. (laughs) That's why I had to hire someone. If you're tired of wasting your precious time trying to save your business from looking like a hot mess, Kelsey Lensmeyer from Studio 410 is your girl. Kelsey is completely obsessed with turning small or home-based businesses into full-blown brands that are not only easy on the eye, they will totally stop potential customers in their tracks. Maybe you're just starting out and need a brand in a box, or perhaps you're ready to level up with a completely custom brand and website. No matter your budget, Studio 410 has an option for you. Ladies, even if you're not totally sure what you're looking for, let me tell you from experience that Kelsey will help you figure it out. Set up a coffee date with her, whether it's in person or virtually, one convo with her, and she will help you clearly map out your branding needs and get you set up. Guys, she set up my brand. If you've seen my logo, it is so me (laughs) to the nut. I mean, it's a coffee ring. I don't think I own anything like my sheets have a coffee ring on them right now. (laughs) She knows me. She figured me out and she created a brand that is me. And I know you guys will be the same. View all of her branding options or schedule with Kelsey at studio410.com. That's studio, S-T-U-D-I-O, F-O-U-R, 10.com. Thanks, Studio 410, for sponsoring today's episode. Let's go ahead and dive in. So I mentioned before that I have not always had such a stellar relationship with exercise. I actually became a group fitness and yoga instructor back in 2010, 
And I went into it with like all this excitement. I, you know, I was like, oh, I love to exercise. I've always loved sports. I was a gym rat. And now I get to share my passion with others by leading others to do it. <laughs> Boy, was I wrong. It did not go like that. <laughs> I was so nervous teaching that first class that I honestly almost got sick prior to leading the group. I, I mean, I guess that would be a natural thing or the first time you do something, especially for someone who's a little bit high anxiety like me. But that feeling never went away. And I found every time I was leading a class, I had to memorize routines. I didn't feel like I was good at it. I have no musical rhythm, none like whatsoever. And so I would be asked to cover some classes that required some sort of like, you know, beat and rhythm. And I was just not gifted in this area. Also, I cannot for the life of me count or calculate numbers when my heart rate is high. So I would be leading this class, you know, trying to count reps and my heart rate goes up and I can't count. And oh, it's just, it's crazy. I don't know if you guys are like this. I first discovered this because I've run one marathon, one and only one marathon. (laughs) And I was at mile 23 and I was trying to calculate how many more miles I had. I couldn't do it. I could not figure it out. Like I knew there were 26 miles in a marathon, but I couldn't figure out how many (laughs) I had left. And I just, there's something in me. I can't calculate when my heart rate's high. So all that to say, as an instructor, I really, really struggled. And after a few years of teaching exercise and working full time, I found myself in this position where exercise was a chore. I could no longer go to a fitness class and just be present. It was like I was taking notes and observing the instructor and trying to figure out how I could learn and grow my own classes. I lost the ability to just be present in my movement. The same thing happened with running. My races were no longer about showing up and doing my best and suddenly I was attached to these lofty expectations when I was racing, it was like, now I'm an instructor and I felt like I had to perform or appear a certain way because I was a personal trainer or a group fitness instructor. So I had an expectation that, you know, who knows if it actually existed, but I created it in my head. It really sucked the life out of exercise for me. And I ended up moving away from teaching and I even pulled me out of the gym and movement altogether. I lost motivation. I didn't want to do it because it really became about obligation and performance at a high caliber level. Maybe you relate to this. Maybe exercise has become strictly work, either literally because it's tied to your career. Maybe you're a trainer or a professional athlete, or it just feels like your life is so packed that you feel tethered to a certain amount of activity that doesn't really add joy to your day, doesn't make you feel empowered. It just feels like something you have to do. It has become more work than it is energizing. Or maybe you have always lived here in your relationship with exercise. Like you've never found joy in movement and walking into any fitness event or facility, it just drains you. It makes you feel uncomfortable. It triggers all your stuff. You don't like to be around it. My friends, I am so happy to say that there's so much hope in this relationship with exercise and you do not have to maintain this monotony or continue to feel like exercise is a form of punishment, which I know a lot of you probably feel that way. <laughs> like who wants to exercise on purpose? I have lived this roller coaster and I have seen so many women move into a sustainable, energizing relationship with exercise. I know it can be done. And I'm going to walk you through that today. So first of all, before we work into some of the tactical and logistical steps in healing our relationship with exercise, 
we have to look at our motive behind the movement. Most folks, and what I see with my clients is that they start their exercise exploration or their journey in discovering exercise with questions like, what is the best form of exercise? What do I need to do to get results the fastest? Which exercises will change the certain parts of my body that I don't like? And something that further compounds our negative relationship with exercise is that we start with this question and we do get results or we do see some of our body changes and that makes us actually feel more tethered and committed to that. But the motive is rooted in something that isn't sustainable. So here's the basic breakdown of science and exercise. And guys, this is like total bird's eye view. I know it gets much more granular and much more detailed as you break these down. Here are some overall general physical fitness facts that we know about exercise. Weightlifting and resistance training is great for muscle maintenance and improving strength. Cardio is more geared for heart health and cardiorespiratory strength. A balance of these two is ideal where we get cardio several times per week and at least two weightlifting or resistance training sessions per week with a total of 150 minutes of intense activity over the course of a week. This is the exercise as medicine prescription that the American Heart Association and the American Medical Association recommend. Now, morning is theorized to be a better time to move, both when you look at the literature reviews and according to Chinese medicine circadian clock, which I think is really fascinating. If you've never gone down that rabbit hole, it's really fun. Now, all of this is interesting and I think helpful to consider when we're looking at what is the best form of exercise. But honestly, friends, the best form of exercise is the type you will actually do and sustain doing it. So how do you sustain it? You actually like it. You actually enjoy the movement or you find some sort of satisfaction or sense of accomplishment beyond just the physical and beyond just the aesthetics. If the aesthetics are the primary driver, and I'm not saying that they can't be a benefit, they absolutely can. But if that is the primary motivator that gets you out of bed and out the door, I can almost guarantee your motivation will quickly turn into obligation and this will taint your relationship with exercise. So if it isn't aesthetics that are our primary motive, what is it? How do we get motivated to move? Why do we even need to move? Looking at our basic biology, we are beings that are created to move. The physical signs and the research show us this, that people who regularly exercise have better health outcomes, such as improved cholesterol panels, reduced risk of heart disease and diabetes. They show fewer symptoms of depression and anxiety, like the research is there. What's super interesting is these benefits have often been shown to be independent of body size. There was this really interesting study done in 2013. It was entitled Fitness Versus Fatness, where researchers looked to quantify the joint association of cardiorespiratory fitness and weight status based on BMI and compare that to all causes of mortality using a meta-analytical methodology. It was really fascinating what they found. And I just have to tell you, they use BMI to classify um, weight classes in here. I'm not a huge fan of BMI. I think it's, it's rooted in a lot of misinformation. It does not capture the individual person and there are a lot of flaws to it. So I just have to add this disclaimer, but I still think some of the research that pulls from it can give us some interesting information. So long story short, I don't like BMI, but in the purpose of this research study, it showed us some really cool information. So compared to normal weight, and it says normal based on BMI, which is someone who has a BMI below 24.9, compared to normal weight fit individuals, Unfit individuals had twice the risk of mortality regardless of what they weighed, so regardless of their BMI. 
Participants that were classified as overweight or obese, again, according to BMI, so this is a BMI above 24.9, had similar mortality risks as normal weight fit individuals. So in other words, they hypothesized that the obesity paradox may not influence fit individuals. This idea that you, if you're above a certain BMI, you're at higher health risk may not apply to you if you exercise. Here's what the research study concluded. Researchers, clinicians, and public health officials should focus on physical activity and fitness-based interventions rather than weight loss-driven approaches to reduce mortality risk. Cool, right? Like, regardless of what we weigh, we can all agree we as humans were made to move. The science is there. Improving our physical fitness has extensive advantages. And we see that like we were created to move from the time we were born. If you look at babies, have you ever noticed how when they start to move, like they they can't help themselves. They want to move more and more and more. It's just, it's so cute. <laughs> I think of when my son was learning to crawl, he would get up on all fours and he was so frustrated that he couldn't move. He would just sit there grunting and crying and I'd pick him up and that didn't fix it. I'd feed him. He, you know, his diaper wasn't wet. I finally figured out he was just mad he couldn't move. We have it built into our very biology to move. And I think when diet culture and motives that are driven by changing our aesthetics are the primary driver for our movement, it really eclipses our ability to actually just enjoy exercise. <laughs> so I want to introduce to you guys this idea of intuitive and empowered movement. We talk about empowered eating all the time on this podcast. And if you want more information on that, guys, make sure you grab my freebie, Three Steps to Empowered Eating on JessBrownRD.com. But when you look at these basic principles, they can really be applied to movement as well. So this idea of intuitive movement, it's really about the process, not the outcome. I'm going to say that again. Intuitive movement is about the process, the actual act of moving, not the outcome. This is likely where so many of us get upset or get stuck. This is why aesthetics cannot be the primary motive when we're looking for a sustainable relationship with exercise. When we want to exercise because we want to lose weight or have a perkier butt or toned arms, like all of those outcomes are fine and wonderful and worth celebrating. But if that is the primary driver, I can almost guarantee that motivation is going to be short-lived. Intuitive movement is about being in the moment, like empowered eating and really like empowered living. At the end of the day, if we aren't present in what we're doing, why are we even doing it? (laughs) If 2020 has taught me anything, it's really that we have no guarantee of tomorrow and we have to be present today. Of course, I know we have these big goals and we have these things we're striving towards over a period of time. Of course, we're not going to lose sight of that. But if we can't enjoy the journey, if we can't be present and find joy in the moment, I think we're setting ourselves up to live really a shell of a life. So here are some mile markers for intuitive movement. And this was from a 2000 study done by researchers Calgaro and Pedrotti. Choose an activity that rejuvenates the body. It does not exhaust or deplete it. And I'm not just talking about the physical sense here, because obviously some forms of exercise are going to cause physical exhaustion. But when you're choosing an exercise and you, you go through it and you complete it, what's your mood afterwards? Are you angry? Are you upset? Do you not want to carry on with your day? Or do you feel a sense, some sense, whether it's physical or mental or emotional, some sense of rejuvenation? So that's number one. Number two, enhance your mind-body connection. So when you're doing these activities, can you be in your body? Can you feel the discomfort, the stretch, the growth, the expansion of your physical capacity? 
Are you able to do that or are you disconnecting? A lot of positive body image is rooted in being able to be in your body, both for the pleasant and the unpleasant. And when we exercise and we move, we have the opportunity to practice this in real time. So like, for example, if I'm going for, well, run, I don't push myself very hard on my runs anymore, if I'm being totally honest. Okay, let's talk about weightlifting. So you guys know I'm a CrossFitter. I drank that juice. I love to weightlift. Now, if I'm going to work on a squat, how I can use that squat to enhance my mind-body connection is when I'm going through the movement feeling my quads. Like what does it feel like when I take that bar down? And as I add weight, how does it feel? What's my body saying about it? And how do, how do I work with the fact that my legs are saying, no, 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 no. And I'm pushing, you know, working through that is something that is so powerful. And I think it can actually be paralleled onto our overall relationship with our body. So that's number two. It can, it doesn't enhance your mind body connection or are you totally disconnecting? Number three, does it alleviate mental and physical stress as opposed to adding more? I spoke to this a bit already on the mental side of it. Like when you engage in this activity, do you end it feeling rejuvenated? Your perspective has changed. You're going into the day with a little bit more energy or do you feel depleted? In the physical sense, we can look at it as over a period of time, do you have more energy? Do you feel stronger? Like I'll tell you after I do my squats the next day, I am so freaking sore and climbing up the stairs is really hard. So of course I'm not rejuvenated. I have some initial stress, but over time, my legs are stronger and can endure more. Where this would not apply is if I had an injury. So like I pulled my hamstring a few months ago and I needed to take a break. I had to take some weeks off and I couldn't continue to do squats and deadlifts because If I did, I wouldn't be alleviating physical stress. I would actually be increasing inflammation and injury. And number four, does it provide genuine enjoyment? When I look at my relationship with exercise now, I genuinely enjoy it. My hour at the gym is one of my favorite hours of the day. If you guys have been listening to this podcast, you know I wake up super early and like an ungodly hour. I wake up at 4 a.m. because I I want my quiet time and then I go to the gym at 5.30 in the morning. And that may sound crazy, but honestly, it is so, it brings me so much joy. I have friends there. I'm doing movements that I really like. I have a great time. It sets me up for a wonderful day and it sets my tone for the day. So to recap, intuitive movement is choosing movement that rejuvenates the body, it enhances your mind-body connection, alleviates mental and physical stress, and provides genuine enjoyment. Okay, so how do we get here? I have a challenge for you ladies. You ready? Okay, there's two steps to this challenge. 2.1 steps. (laughs) So number one, I want you to toss out the diet culture-based reasons like weight loss, more toned arms, better body. Now, not again, not that those can't be benefits, but if they're the primary reason you're doing what you're doing, guys, that's probably diet culture-based. So we want to reconnect with ways you love to move. If you're weightlifting only because you think it will give you a better butt or you're running only because you think it will help you lose weight, we want to throw those ideas out. Toss them out for a minute, and I want you to think about what you like to do as a kid. Did you like to run? Did you like to dance, climb, compete? What was it that made you excited to move as a kiddo? For me, I really liked to climb and 
do things on the bars. I was a gymnast for a very short period of time and I loved it. And I do have a competitive side to me. So this is where me doing something like CrossFit really helped me reconnect to the joy and movement because it created space for me to tap into my competitive nature in a healthy way. And it challenged me to move my body in like new at the time, but honestly like familiar to my childhood (laughs) um, ways such as like doing pull-ups. I'm really trying to get a muscle up, which is crazy hard, but it's something I did when I was like seven years old. (laughs) And I would love to be able to do that again. I'm working on handstands. I mean, it allowed me to just play and move my body the way I love to do so as a kid. So for you, what does that look like? Was it dance? If so, let's try Zumba. Let's try. There are some awesome YouTube videos and fitness folks that teach just dance lessons. Was it calm exercises? Was it stretching? Yoga and Pilates would be movements that might be something you would feel better doing and enjoy doing more. So let's get back into touch with what seven-year-old you like to do and how you like to move your body. That's step one. Step two, I want you to play in that exercise without agenda for two weeks, at least two weeks. So if it's running, run without your watch on for a couple weeks. You'll be so surprised to see how your focus can shift from mileage or the time or the distance to finding new routes on the trails, discovering a new podcast or music, finding animals along the way. If it's resistance training, why is it that you want to be stronger? What, what's something you could do with your body instead of trying to change how it looks with that physical strength? Right now, my primary goal is I want to be able to do a handstand walk. If you guys follow me on Instagram, you've probably seen my videos of me trying to improve my handstand walk. The last few months I've been playing with this. I've been doing handstands at the park with my kids. I've been challenging one of our good friend's 14-year-old daughter to a handstand walk contest, which I get just completely annihilated. This girl is so good. She can stand on her hands and she could walk a football field and she can just stand on her hands and do those shoulder taps. It's incredible. But I play with her. <laughs> I've been playing. Now that I'm doing some more focused exercises to actually get a bit better, but I had to create space for that play initially. So play for a couple weeks, remove the expectation, stop trying to change your body with your exercise, and let's just get you out there playing. Two weeks, that's all I'm asking for, two weeks. Now, if you're in the middle of training for something like a marathon or weightlifting competition or anything like that, there are still ways to integrate this. Shake up your routine. Lift weights away from a mirror and be in your body instead of looking at your body. Feel your muscles while you're doing it. If it's running, map out your distance on a map, then don't look at your pace as you go. I promise you'll run faster in your event and you'll lift heavier if you're happy and excited to be there instead of feeling the pressure going into it. So that's step number two. It's play in that exercise that you remember enjoying. And here's that point one step, that last little step. (laughs) After you do that, let me know what happens. My prediction based on my own experience and what I see in my clients is that you will be in a totally different place with exercise. Because here's the thing. Motivation does not cause action. Action causes motivation. And if you give yourself two weeks of action, of intuitive movement, you will be motivated to keep doing it. After just two short weeks of this, I know, I know it. I've seen it. I I believe it for you that you will feel that motivation bump mentally and you're going to be able to keep doing it. And then you might see those aesthetic results that you wanted anyways. You might not, but you might also see them. And hey, you've at least enjoyed the process along the way. So to wrap up my story, I no longer teach fitness classes. (laughs) I really had to take a break from that, shake it up. I'm so grateful that I did because I have fallen back in love with exercise. My time spent exercising now, like I said before, it's one of my favorite hours of the day. 
it fits around my life. It fits into my life instead of being something that takes up too much space in my life. There are a few things that I did that I want to share with you guys just in case they'd be helpful to you. And they might not be, but I just wanted to share them because they were super helpful for me considering my history with food and body image. Number one, I chose a gym where there are no mirrors. I love working out where I can't evaluate my body in a mirror. I have to be in my body. I have to feel it. That has perpetuated the cycle of intuitive movement for me. Actually, just a few weeks ago, I went with my husband to a bigger gym where there were mirrors. It was the first time I had worked out in front of mirrors in probably five years. Oh my gosh, it was so weird. (laughs) I mean, I'm in a great space with my body. I have really positive body image now, so it didn't bother me, but it was weird. I was like, gosh, I remember this. I don't know. (laughs) I like no mirrors. So that's number one. Choose a gym where there are no mirrors or a space in the gym that you're going to where you can't really see yourself in the mirror. (laughs) For those of you that have not great eyesight, like don't wear your contacts. Sit in the back so that you can't (laughs) evaluate yourself. Just kidding. I'm not a doctor. I don't, you should probably wear your contacts if you're driving to the gym. (laughs) Number two, I tapped into my competitive nature in a healthy way. CrossFit allows me to do this. I can feel that competitive nature, but I compete with myself instead of comparing myself to others. And number three, I really tapped back into that childhood love for movement, which was like rope climbing, jumping ropes, sprinting, doing pull-ups. I found something that helped me tap back into that. So I just share those last three pieces with you because they really help me and, and I'm hoping they help some of you. Friends, if you want to dive into this more, I would love, love, love to chat with you about it because I think it is so important to maintain a healthy relationship with exercise just like we do with food. It's all a part of our big picture health. Check out my website for one-on-one coaching, jessbrownrd.com. If you have loved this episode, do me a favor. Will you guys leave me a review? This is the best way for you to thank me and it helps me really spread the word about what we're doing here. And lastly... If this whole episode, guys, was sparked because somebody sent me a message. So if you have anything specifically that you would like me to address on here, please head on over to JessBrownRD.com. Click on podcast. There is an orange button there. You guys can send me your questions, comments directly, and I would love to have you on the show and answer them in real time. And you can leave your name if you'd like. You don't have to if you feel a little microphone shy. But I would love to talk to you voice to voice here and share it. And my guess is you're not the only one with that question. (laughs) So head on over there, JessBrownRD.com. Click on podcast and it's the big orange button. You can record right there from your iPhone. Okay, friends, don't forget to tag me this month. I want to know how your movement goes. I want to know what you do to play. And yeah, I would so love to hear how your journey is going. That's why I'm here. It's my favorite part of podcasting. I can't wait to hear from y'all. Until next time, hope you guys have a beautiful day. Cheers and happy moving. Thank you so much for joining me today. I hope it strengthened your food journey and empowered you to live boldly in your body. Real quick, sister, before you go, if you liked today's episode, the best way you can thank me is head on over to iTunes, Fuel Her Awesome Podcast, leave a review and subscribe. Then take a screenshot and share it on your social media. Don't forget to tag me at JessBrownRD. And if you're looking for more resources, be sure to check out my website, JessBrownRD.com. I've got info on my e-course, Fuel Her Awesome Food Foundations, my 10-step ebook on how to beat body bullying, and so much more. I cannot wait to chat with you babes again. Until next time, cheers and happy eating.